Hello, everyone, and welcome to part two of our discussion with Pete from Databox. Uh, let's jump right in. So, Pete, talking a little bit more about um, benchmark groups. So, I don't yeah. know if you saw, I was trying to share my screen when you guys were uh, I did. talking I did. about it, I but yeah. Page. We saw already. Yeah, I just clicked through, went through all the pages, hit mute, and just went to town in there. And um, no, it's pretty cool. I honestly like I knew about this because you've talked about it. We've we've talked a little bit in, yeah. in the past. I, I've seen uh, hand drawings of like this idea That's from like <laughs> some pre-validation, you know, way yes. way back. Um, but no, it's 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 pretty cool. I'm I'm I'm. I'm impressed by it and also depressed by looking at my data with LinkedIn because <laughs> we don't do much on it and it is uh, something that we aspire to do a lot more, but seeing yeah. a lot of them where it's like, basically says, Josh, you're in the zero, you're in the bottom 0% your <laughs> of like one, two, three, three categories. I don't think I'm more than one. There's one category I'm, I'm in the bottom 33%. I don't know why. I don't know why we're getting followers because we don't do much on there. Oh, well, that's what uh, I don't know. You publish? Do you publish on your own? Uh, I think the only thing we might publish is similar to uh, the content marketing stuff we talked about in the past yeah. that you do as well, like with the um, where we get contributors and things like that. So when when we do uh, basically at mention somebody when we put blog post out that yeah. had had a lot of sources that replied to you know surveys and things like that. So that's probably the only driver of of getting actually like new followers yeah so, I think, well that's that's i think that's true of everyone uh based on our work recently and talking to some other people who are really good on linkedin um mm -hmm. the actions in the personal profile so if you're active or your team members are actively publishing stuff or just using linkedin or connecting with people on linkedin there what happens is somebody's like who's this josh guy right oh he's interesting I like what he just wrote there. And then he's like, what's he do? So he's going to go click your profile and then click referral lock. And that's how they get to your company page, basically, because they want to know what you do. Right. Uh, so I think that's generally generally how people get grow their company following is, for the most part, having their team be active on it. Mm -hmm. Yep. But we've had zero clicks. <laughs> so there, there goes parts of that story. We've right. got zero well, impressions. You know, I don't know. <laughs> so it's fine. It's fine. Google, Google afterwards. <laughs> oh, it's all good um but no it's it's a uh, it's impressive i didn't even think about mostly i thought honestly like because i've been a data box user just thought it was like oh okay let's let's find a way to just like i would go in there and see you know oh i have this chart can i see what other people and i knew it would have you know uh anonymized data so that yeah. it wasn't giving away because like you mentioned oh, yeah, 15 yeah. was a good mark so just to make sure that's like i'm sharing with two people but it's anonymous it's like no, hmm, no. yeah Minimal, <laughs> not quite most of the groups as you see are hundreds of hundreds of companies so yeah right no that's pretty cool um you mentioned earlier actually i think you mentioned earlier or, or we had an exchange about outbound and mm. um so how, how are you using outbound with this i think you mentioned a little bit about that yeah so um I'm personally not a fan of the way most companies do outbound prospecting. Uh, at, you know, you have the same title as I do, so I'm sure you get the same volume mm -hmm. or, and <laughs> crappy pitches that I get, which is like, yeah, I got I got one today. It was just it's such it's so poorly executed. Where it's like, 
hey, I saw you commented on Joe Blow's like LinkedIn post. Let me tell you about my product. It's like, right. you know, there was literally no connection between Joe Blow's LinkedIn post or my comment and <laughs> the product. But it's just like, they're showing me that they like stalked me on LinkedIn first, I guess. So right. I think if that's executed well, it's maybe okay. Right. Like, hey, I saw you wrote this this comment on this topic X. I happen to be have some expertise in topic X. Let me know if you want to talk. Or hey, I've helped right. companies with topic X. But like that was that one was poorly. Right. And then of course that's even like more effort than most people would. And most people are like, thanks for connecting with me. I'm really looking forward to telling you about my products and services. We've helped move on like three paragraphs later. They've demonstrated zero interest or, or zero interest and zero knowledge of your business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've talked to marketing agency owners who like get pitched for marketing services. And it's like, really? Come on. So so I think most companies suck at it. They hire like these junior people who have no business acumen. They don't help them learn business acumen. They give them a playbook to follow no matter what of just cut and paste these emails or messages. And so didn't want to do that. I also think uh, for our business, we have a competitor I know that did cold prospecting because they just emailed all our customers. Don't think it worked that well for them, but they did it. Um, I in our with our business, like you really need to be thinking. I want to improve my ability to monitor my company's performance or report my company's performance. In the case of agencies, report client performance. Um, and so, if you're not in that mode, which isn't something you do like randomly on a Saturday uh, or randomly in the middle of a quarter, um, you're not going to be interested in checking out our product. And so, one of the reasons we built this benchmark groups is because answering the question. Uh, how do I compare, how does my company's performance compare to other companies like me is something that is interesting to people, I think, at all times, because that is such a really difficult question to answer. Um, and so I think it lends itself well to demand creation for us or cold or cold prospecting. Now, I still didn't want to take the approach of just like, hey, we launched this cool new tool, you should check it out, even though it's free. Uh, and in some cases, we do that in a very targeted way where we'll say, hey, um, I noticed you're a HubSpot Diamond partner, blah, blah, blah. We have a benchmark group with 22 HubSpot Platinum Diamond Elite partners opted in where you can anonymously compare your performance. It takes you two minutes. Would you like to compare yourself? So we'll do some of that. Uh, but what we also do is we we identify topics that are related to that. For example, a topic that most uh, small agencies, which most HubSpot partners are small agencies still, uh, most small agencies struggle with like, when do I hire a full-time salesperson? When do I hire a full-time marketer for my own business? Uh, and so we're, we're right now we're crowdsourcing the answer to that question and stories related from other agencies who have already hired sales and marketers, uh, full-time sales and marketers for their staff. Um, and we're asking them their story to share their story, both in a LinkedIn conversation that we're having, as well as ultimately in an article and a um, um, survey that we're running. Uh, and so that enables us to like reach out to lots of agencies and say, Hey, we're doing this thing and we love your opinion or love to hear your story and we'll share your story. Uh, but it also helps us connect with people who might be thinking about that problem of like, yeah, I got to hire a salesperson or I, I should probably hire a full-time marketer for my agency instead of like asking my account managers to do it on the weekends. Um, and so uh, like starting conversations with our relevant market target market, um, allows us to then get in front of them, establish our awareness of our brand, um, establish that we're here to help and help them solve problems or or find solutions to issues they're dealing with, um, which then affords us the ability to then ask them, hey, would you also like to benchmark your business? Or, hey, 
you know, if you're ever thinking about improving your reporting, please give us a shot, right? So um, that is that is our approach to cold prospecting. It's to be helpful first, almost go out of our way to compliment them and ask them for their expertise um, and then link to them and share their thoughts with a wider, with a wider audience um, and also offering this free free report, uh, free batch report. No, I love that. That's, yeah, I've always known you to be the, you know, value first person. Like it's almost always like, yes. what can I give? What can I give? What can I give? Right. And then maybe there's an ask way down the line, right? Or, yeah, but only after you've earned it, right? It's just, yeah, ideally it's contextual. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And like, I think, you know, even going back and listening to you tell your story to Nate, because I've heard it in various formats, but at the same time, like, you know, why you were able to, uh, you know, have this, have these phone numbers in your, in your, in your phone to just call and say, Hey, do me a solid and, and tell me what you think of this platform type of thing, right. which is not even that much of an ask, but right. like you still run like mastermind groups for these agencies. Like you still, I think, I think, I mean, I, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I, when I started scaling the HubSpot partner program and start, I had like once I had one sales team and then I had two sales teams and I'm like, All right, I don't have time to actually talk to agencies anymore. And I still want their input on decisions and, feedback and I want to hear it. Like I want to have an open line in case something's going wrong. I want to hear about it. And so I started this group. Uh, uh, we meet Fridays at 2 PM Eastern. Um, and I just invited like a bunch of agencies I knew. And over the years, other agencies have kind of said, Hey, I'd like to join that group. Um, and so, yeah, we've been, I've been doing that. I did the math for more than 12 years every Friday. So like I talked to some of these people more than I talked to like most of my family members, I talk about my wife and son more, but uh, yeah, my, my parents. But other than that, like probably talk to them more than anyone else. So yeah, I've been doing that for a while. And they're, they're a, a, an amazing source of feedback for me and validation. And, um, and then of course, they're like the ones that line up and say, yeah, when that's built, my team will use it. And so right. uh, you know, there's one guy, Greg Lenemanstens, he runs a wider group, which is like a 35 person marketing agency focused on manufacturing companies. And he's been faithfully there every Friday for like 12 years. Uh, and, and he loves this benchmark groups. And then I'm like, all right, well, let's get your team involved. He's like, well, I'm having trouble. I'm like, well, let's just jump on a call with everybody and we'll talk about it. And like, we did that last Friday and like those kind of doors don't get opened unless you really have a good relationship with, with someone. And, and so that group is, you know, I've formed true friendships with them and, we talk right. business ninety eight percent of the time, but but you know we're there to help each other out. No, that's that's awesome because it's just like you know you mostly hear from founders like, okay, let me find my market now. Let me create an audience. Let me build relationships. Let me do this. I mean, these were ones that, I mean, it feels like you know you're doing anyway. Like you've made lasting friendships, lasting relationships, and then it sounds like, uh, if I recall correctly, like when you were looking for your next gig. And when you got linked up with Databox, you kind of had this somewhat in mind. You're like, well, I have, you know, I've, I've built up report. Like I have these friends. It's not even not trying not to even sound it like, like very right. transactional. It's like, right. I have this asset or this group or just like, it's part of your ethos now. And it's like, oh, how can I now apply this and try to find something that feels good and, and aligns yeah. up with your values, your experience, your relationships, all yeah. of that. So 
yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely become my passion, maybe my obsession of like, how do I help agencies? So um, I think just through years of doing it and having successes, it just makes me feel good. And it's something I know I can do well. Um, but it's also happens to be a huge, huge market opportunity in that, you know, I think the internet, the internet has made marketing, you know, has made marketing a first class citizen right now. Any company can, any company mm-hmm. can basically reach any, anyone or everyone around the world. Um, and that's really created this thriving industry of small marketing agencies. Um, and then when you look at marketing that gets done, like 40 to 50% of it gets done through it at an agency. Like it's not done in house. I know you have an in-house marketing team. I have an in-house marketing team, but that's, that's not true of, of, you know, 40, 50% of companies, um, most, most outsource. And, you know, you've probably outsourced some stuff. I've outsourced a few things here and there, but, um, but uh, yeah, so I think it's just, it's a huge, you know, multi-billion dollar opportunity. So it's, uh keeps me motivated as well. I can build something. <laughs> but you must be like over the moon at this point with like, essentially you, what you had was a paid product and you also had a very generous free program with Databox anyway. But now you have this other one where it's like, you don't even have to pay. Like you can just, right. you cannot, you can, that this, you know, with the benchmark groups being able to provide value to agencies or anyone else out there with combining both your data set and your essentially flexing the the muscles of all the data stuff and visualizations that you guys have, right. but being able to just be like, oh, anyone can kind of essentially come along. Oh, and by the way, we're over here in the background data box if you need anything to do this, if you want to do it for yourself fully on, right? So it's like once you know that you suck at doing your LinkedIn thing, you might decide, all right, we're going to make this a focus. And then you're going to want to track that performance over time. You might want to set a goal on it. You might want to include that in your monthly reporting deck. And you know, you know enough about data box, but all those things get done in the, in the data box analytics product. So, so I think it's a pretty natural segue. It's very similar to the, website grader tool that uh, Darmesh built right. really early on at mm-hmm. um, you know, that it was basically you'd enter your URL and it would tell you how your website is performing and give you a grade zero to hundred and it would be a mm-hmm. algorithm that would see where you fit and it would give you a grade based on all the other companies that had been graded before. Um, and so this is very similar to that in that, um, you know, HubSpot's website grader created a need for people to uh, created the, showed them what they were bad at so that they would want to fix right. it. And then of course HubSpot right. was a solution to fix that. It wasn't the only one, but as we captured it and delivered the report, we were establishing our credibility. And so I think a very similar thing for Databox is like benchmark your business across all 50 of you know, any of the 50 tools that we integrate with. Uh, and then at that point it's like, all right, well maybe you should think about how do you be more data driven? How do you set more goals? How do you delegate, uh, you know, how do you set goals for your team or, um, you know, give them responsibility for hitting certain things? And how do you drill down and understand why performance is happening that way, uh, the way it is? So um, I think it's a pretty natural segue. We're hoping. Still early. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty neat, though. And say, this is amazing. How do I get, how do I, how do I, you know, how do I use this thing so that I can see where I should be? So we have enough validation, but uh, still waiting for the right. marketing to really scale working on it. Right. Right. Now that's cool. Cause yeah, I like the part where you're talking about insights first and all those questions that people have the, the questions you're, you're at least uh, kind of crowdsourcing or, or asking out on LinkedIn and trying to essentially start them with meeting 
them where they are, right? Like meeting them with like, when should I add a salesperson? And it's just sort of like a natural segue into like, you really should be data driven. And there's other people doing this and we can all share, but that's not like you're hitting them with just like, you know, the existential question for them at that moment, like, yeah. what should I do? And it's well, just sort of I, like, I oh, and what are, and naturally, what are other people doing? Yeah, right, so. exactly. With benchmark groups, like with, for these agencies, I can show them, here's what an agency's funnel looks like when they have a salesperson. And here's what it looks like mm-hmm. when they don't, because what I've done is I've created a group based on how big the agencies are, uh, and then one right. for the rest. And so I can say with confidence, the ones with this, that are bigger have a salesperson and they are producing more deals more leads, closing more business than the ones that, that aren't, right? Now, of course, there's some correlation or causation, but I think no one's going to argue that you should hire a salesperson. It's more of like, when can I afford it and how do I do it well? Cool. Yeah. Um, one thing I didn't want to bring back to is, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned uh, the money Databox had and the fact that you basically came in essentially had to reset the clock and like, Hey, we're, we're on like bootstrap mode now (laughs) because like, you know, you talk about money and a lot of our other, I think probably a lot of our listeners are probably a little more indie bootstrappy uh, versus VC. So, um, sort of like one of us, well, I think you are essentially like in terms of like how you approach the things. (laughs) I definitely act like a bootstrapper. I'm always questioning every expense. I still approve more because there's a habit, but I still approve like hundred dollar expenses <laughs> for people. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. have a CFO yet. I'm waiting for a CFO to delegate. But, um, but yeah, so I'd say we act like bootstrappers. You know, we do have a lot of we have a large team at this point, uh, and we're you know we're doing more than six and a half million in annual revenue. But um, but yeah, when I joined, they had burnt through three of the three point eight million, so there wasn't a lot of. <laughs> Uh, money to blow. Um, I did raise 1.1 million when I joined. Uh, so we had 1.9 in the bank, but we had no revenue to show for it. So the last thing I was going to do was go hire five, you know, $150,000 a year salespeople. Um, so, uh, so yeah, we, we've very much kind of proven things out with a small group of people. Uh, and then as we do that, we kind of I like to think of it as building blocks. Like we'll build a new building block in the business. A building block could be like, hey, let's we have a sales team, let's build a BD team, or we have a, a support team, let's build our account management team. Or um, more recently, we had like one team that handled chat, and we split them down the middle so that a little less than half of them focus on free users, and a little more than half of them focus on existing customers, uh, just for responsive chat, right? And we still have other people that take calls and do all that stuff, but. Um, so like we, we gradually just kind of build these building blocks, establish process, build a team. Same thing with the product. Like it took us a little while to get all the features that customers just wanted um, versus what we wanted to build and, and make it as user-friendly as possible. And we're still working on that. So, um, so yeah, we've been very gradual. You know, we, we use OKRs, KPIs to set targets and make bets on initiatives that we think will move the needle. and um, try to prove things out as simply as possible, low cost effective or cost effectively as possible so that we can, before we start to make bigger bets. All right. Cool. Uh, I did want to round up with a, I guess it's a question that's sort of, I guess, current with the times with like the world of Twitter and the world of LinkedIn and things like that. Now, you know, I met you on Twitter initially like years ago. And um, I think with the same ask that everyone 
probably reaches out to you first, which was like, hey, I'm thinking about doing a partnership program. I see you have some experience with that, uh, yeah. to which to date we still haven't started one, which is totally fine. But uh, <laughs> many, many reasons, many stories well, down the but, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So we'll, one of these days we'll, we'll get our heads together. But, um, but so you're like, you know, you have a profile on, on Twitter and you're active there, but I think of late, you've been much more active on LinkedIn. Cause I think one time you even asked me, you're like, yeah, have you been watching me on LinkedIn? I was like, I don't really go on LinkedIn at all. So no, <laughs> but, and I, and then I kind of looked through. So yeah, what, what is, what is LinkedIn like? What it versus Twitter? How would you compare, you know, yeah. a lot of people are sort of looking to make the jump now, especially business people. Like what, what do you, what's, what's going on over there? Yeah. So like, it's so much better is the short version. Um, and I, I knew that, like I'd seen other people kind of like really grow their following there through relatively simple marketing activities of, you know, posting a few hundred words mm -hmm. every other day. Um, and so it's definitely better. I resisted it for a while because for the most, most of the time at Databox have been very operationally focused, um, you know, building out systems, processes, the plans, like really just, working through other people, but, um, but very much, uh, in the details of what are we doing? When are we doing it? How are we doing it? All that. Um, I now have a pretty good management team in place, uh, that I can delegate to. And so, and, and with this launch of this new product, it gives us an expanded value prop, um, that really appeals to my network, uh, my network that I've built up over the years. Um, and all of those people are actually on LinkedIn. Very few of them are on Twitter. And so it's like, it almost just didn't make sense for me to like continue to invest much in Twitter. Although there's ways to do both, of course. Um, but I found that I could quickly overwhelm my inbox on LinkedIn with a very minor amount of like postings um, to the point where like I have a team now that like helps me follow up with people and, and do all that. So, uh, so I'm very much on the LinkedIn train now um, as opposed to Twitter. Putting all the other, you know, Twitter crap aside, um, <laughs> the purchase and the check marks and all the other shit. Um, right, but, right. Uh, but yeah, no, I think just from a business networking effectiveness, it's really powerful because the algorithm really rewards engagement way higher disproportionately um, to Twitter, I think, uh, and really shows the messages you publish, the posts you publish to a wide audience. If you can, if there's an engagement in your comments um, and that's like a, you can get a steamroll. So if you write something that's interesting, it can kind of just steamroll. We've had, I've had posts that have had hundreds of comments um, and you know, it took me what 20 minutes to write it. Maybe that includes like okay. you know, two or three edits before I publish. Nice. Right. Yeah. Cool. So is that probably the best place for people to find you nowadays? Nowadays, yes. I used to say Twitter every time someone would ask me that, but yes, I'm PC4 Media or Peter Caputo the fourth on LinkedIn. Cool. And wait, so I always call you Pete, and I feel like a lot of people call you Pete, but you put your name Peter on everything. Is that have you thought of making a switch or is or do you prefer Peter anyway? I prefer Pete. My mom's really the only one that calls me Peter. Um but the Roman numeral, I think you know, is the fourth, which means my father's name is Peter and also named my son Peter. He's the fifth. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, and like, if 
it's just to be technical about it, like it can't be Pete Caputo the fifth because that's not what my great grandfather's right. name was. <laughs> but that's not the funniest part. The funniest part of that story is my father-in-law's name is also Peter, um, and my wife just took a new job, and there are at, there's only like maybe 13 employees, like maybe third of them are men, and two of them are also named Peter, including her boss. So, um, anyways, my wife really only knows Peters. Awesome. But yeah, that's fine. But Pete, yeah, I go by Pete. My son's, we call him right. my son Peter. It's different. Okay. And when right. he's older, he'll right. be Pete, I'm sure. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. All right, uh, Nate, any any last questions for Pete? Important one there. No, I just uh, say thanks for joining us today. I've really, uh, I've really enjoyed this, and uh, cool. Yeah, it's been a blast. Me too. I again, thanks for letting me come on. I enjoy your conversations. Hopefully, I don't like screw up the mojo, and your listeners are going to be like, "Who is this guy?" And I want, I want to hear Nate and Josh. Um, and uh, I would, I had no idea what to expect. I thought I was going to be like giving input on something you guys are doing, but I uh, appreciate being on the on the hot seat. Let me share my story. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share with a friend. We're new to this podcasting thing, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. Tweet us at Searching for SAS on Twitter. That's Searching, the number four, SAS. Or send an email to searchingforsass at gmail.com. See you next week. Bye.